Good morning. Happy New Year. Man, it's a good year. I'm excited. It's good to have all 10 of you here this morning. I will kind of give you a continuation. It was chaos at my mom's house. It was a lot of fun, though. I had a chance to eat all the tamales I wanted. I had a chance to take mom to the zoo the second day we were there. Mom's 97, had to put her in a wheelchair and wheeled her around. It was fine, but the only problem is that zoo in Abilene is lots of hills. And so we made it, and it was a lot of fun. Enjoyed the time with mom. As I think about today and having a chance to once again share with you this morning, today, 10 years ago today, my dad passed away. I'm so grateful to be here on this stage today, this platform. My dad was a preacher. His second career, he was a teacher and coach for 31 years. Then he was a preacher for 27 years, second career. And my dad was so inspiring. He was an inspiring man. He inspired me in lots of different ways, not only in his coaching me and through athletics, but as I think about his life, that he coached me all of my life and helped me understand how to live my life I was inspired all of my life by him. And it wasn't until age 40, and I think I shared this a long time ago, but age 40 when my dad came to know Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior, the whole family was inspired. We changed. We were different. We were a whole different family after dad came to the Lord. We were inspired to follow after God. And so everything that my dad said and did, I wanted to follow. I wanted to understand. He wasn't perfect by any means, but at the same time, I was so grateful for the example that he set before me to live a godly life. And even the times I didn't want to talk about living a godly life, my dad would always want to talk about it. I remember always going home, and dad would be reading scripture to me, and I said, Dad, I'm eating tamales. Leave me alone. But dad was always inspiring me. And so this morning, I want to challenge you this morning. As a matter of fact, even if you are in your pajamas at home, I want to inspire you a little bit this morning from the standpoint of we are called to live an inspiring life, not just a life that we come to church and kind of sit in the pew and, and be a part of the church, which is important. It's valid. It's important we do that, but it is also important that we go out into all the world and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we are called to be inspiring people. And so this morning, I want to share this with you a little bit. There is a story, a matter of fact, Eric, the swimmer Musambani of Equatorial Guinea, was an unlikely hero of the 2000 Sydney Olympic Games. The 22-year-old African had only learned to swim last February before the Games began. He'd only practiced in a 20-meter pool lane, lane markers, had never raced more than 50 meters by special invitation of the International Olympic Committee under a special program that permits poorer countries to participate even though their athletes don't, customary, don't meet the customary standards. He had been entered in the 100-meter men's freestyle. When the other two swimmers in the heat were disqualified, disqualified because of the false starts, Musambani was forced to swim alone, you can imagine. Eric Musambani was, to use the words of the Associated Press about his story, about his race, charmingly inept. He never put his head under the water's surface. He flailed wildly to stay afloat, sounds like me. With 10 meters left to the wall, he virtually came to stop. Some spectators thought he might even drown. Even though his time was a minute over slower than the qualified for the next level of competition, 
the capacity crowd at the Olympic Aquatic Center stood to their feet and cheered the swimmer on. After what seemed like an eternity, the African reached the wall, hung on for dear life. When he caught his breath and regained his composure, the French-speaking Musambani said through an interpreter, I want to send hugs and kisses to the crowd. It was their cheering that kept me going. Would you just turn around and tell somebody, you are amazing. Just turn around and say to somebody, real quick, real quick. Hey, thank you for doing that. Some of y'all woke other people up right there. I'm glad you did. Listen, it is important for us as we follow Jesus Christ. Christmas means the king is coming to the world. Amen. God directed nature, the star. And then he drew nations to that place, Bethlehem. First, he sent Christ the new king, and as Art did so well this morning in being able to lead us into a time of worship, we come and worship him, bringing our gifts, our talents, our abilities. Second, and most important, listen to this, he sends the church. We must go and spread the kingdom to the nations passionately and inspirationally. We are called to do that. We have a new king and a new kingdom. Therefore, we live in light of a new identity that brings difference and brings change to us and to everyone around us. By the way, when I pray about my daughters going into situations and places that are unknown or different for us, and when I pray about going into neighborhoods and apartments and places that may be different for me, I'm praying, God, let me be a difference. Let me be a change. Let me be a light. Let me be salt. Let me be hope in this situation that you've called me into. By the way, some of you have families that do not know Jesus Christ, and there's times that you go to visit them and you dread it. (laughs) I can relate in many ways. But my prayer is this. My prayer is, God, prepare me to be light and salt and hope, and let me bring inspiration to that situation by the power of God's Spirit in me. Amen? how important that is. In this year of COVID that Art talked about a while ago, why would we be so fearful of living our lives in front of everybody when God has given us this most dynamic time in church history to be light, to be hope, (laughs) not to withdraw, not to pull back, but to step forward in being able to be this inspiration of Jesus Christ because of Christ In Christ, through Christ, we live this life of Jesus Christ. We're called to be inspirational. We have this new king. We have this new kingdom. Therefore, we live in the light of this new identity in Christ Jesus. We have this new spiritual identity, by the way. Because we have this new identity, we will, in Christ, inspire others to follow him. I'm thinking about the trip down that we took just recently down to Harlingen, Texas, and had a chance to be a part of this small little congregation in the middle of Harlingen, which is in the the barrio of Harlingen. And this little church has nothing compared to what First Woodway has. 
But yet it was amazing to me how this little church in the middle of Harlingen, this barrio, the poorest part of Harlingen that lived in Section 8 housing area, all around it was poverty and little. But this little bitty church in the middle of that neighborhood and in the middle of that town was a light to that community. And, you know, as we had a chance to go and be participate alongside of them, I was amazed at how their light began to glow in us, how their light began to feed into us and inspire us, matter of fact, to move forward, even though we didn't speak Spanish very well besides taco and enchilada and things like that. I was inspired <laughs> to live my life just as boldly and passionately in the middle of that barrio as they were. Listen, in this new year, it's important for us to take a stand and live this inspired life of Jesus Christ. This morning, we're looking at the scripture. We're looking at the scripture out of Ephesians chapter, chapter 2, chapter 4. I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter 4. And I want to read that to you this morning. Read along with me. Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 17. But I want to, first of all, before we read that together, Ephesians chapter 4, 4. Verse 17, listen, the definition of inspire means this. The definition of inspire is to persuade, to encourage, to challenge, to, to move someone. By the way, last night Sabrina cooked for me. I was moved. When she cooks, I am moved. <laughs> I am challenged. I am persuaded. Listen, when we love people, when we care for people, when we take time for people, we begin to act differently than the world and we inspire them to think, what is this in their life that is different from the rest of the world? And listen, as we live this life with this new king and this new kingdom, we are at also called to put on this new identity in Christ Jesus. Follow along with me in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. So I tell you this. And I insist on in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. In the futility of their thinking, they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. You, however, you... However, you and me, followers of Jesus Christ, you, however, did not come to know Christ that way. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of your minds and put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So the idea here is this new kingdom, this new king in our life. We have a new identity in Christ Jesus. We take off the old, the new has come into our life. We live this life now and in such a way that we are inspirational to people around us. The old is gone, the new has come. We have this new identity, and by the way, this new identity helps us think, think about this way. First, we think differently. Verse 17, we think differently. We no longer think like we used to, futile, futile, the idea is pointless, useless, worthless, empty. 
I'm not saying that all things in our life are useless things or pointless things. There's things that we like doing. There's hobbies that we like being involved in. There's things that we do in life. But let me just tell you this. There's times we allow those things to be the most important thing in your life, and they become that idle thing in your life. So you all of a sudden have lost that different thinking and you become a part of the world and a part of the culture that thinks the same way as the world, and you put your values in the place of other things. But for us in Christ Jesus, we think differently. Verse 18 says, we no longer have this hardened heart. By the way, we have found the light. <laughs> and because we have found the light, we bring light to the situation. We bring inspiration. My prayer for Carmen, my daughter, she's a graphic designer. I pray this every day for her, by the way. She goes to work. She's a graphic designer. I say, Lord, give her creativity that comes from you. <laughs> Inspire her today. Maybe there's some of you here today, a matter of fact, that need to be inspired. Maybe there's some of you today that have been an inspiration to someone else in your life. It doesn't, you don't have to look far, by the way. It may be your children. I don't know if you have watched the documentary of Art's Little Boy Drinking Coffee. It's on Facebook. I don't know about you, but I, I just love the camaraderie that Art has with his son. Already, it inspires me. When I think about the joy that you bring to your neighbor or a friend, a phone call. I wrote a few notes and letters to people at Christmas time. Just, I just wanted to encourage them. Listen, it, it doesn't take a whole lot of effort to inspire people, but because we live differently, because we think differently, because we no longer have these hardened hearts, we have found the light. Listen, let me just tell you this. Sin breaks us down and deadens us and makes us callous to what is good and right and true. When you and I live in this idea of living our own lives and living in this sinful life, a matter of fact, we are deadened to the ideas of even encouraging even our own family. When we are distant from God, we can't even encourage our own family. When we have been distant from God, we can't even share with our family what God is doing in our lives. It doesn't come. It's not there. But let me tell you, the inspiration that comes in our life is not my own power, it's not my own effort, it's by God's Holy Spirit living in me, and that comes by time that I spend consistently with God in prayer, in study, with fellowship. Verse 19, no longer have a life filled with sin. Because we have this new king, we have a new cre we're a new creation in Christ, we think different, we respond differently, we act differently. And I say it again, we cannot walk as it says, look at that again. So I tell you this, verse 17, and insist on the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles walk. Do not live like you used to live. Do not act, do not think, do not take part in the things that you used to do, but it's so easy and we feel comfort in it sometimes that we want to ride the fence and do the things that we used to do just every once in a while, just a little bit. Paul is telling the Ephesians, don't act that way any longer. 
The line has been drawn. We are called to live this new life, this new identity, this new hope in Christ Jesus. Therefore, I will walk with him. And by the way, when I am walking with him, I will begin to inspire, just like my dad inspired me, because of God's spirit in me, I will begin to inspire others to follow Christ. My prayer more than anything else over these last many years that I have raised up my daughters, my daughters are out of my house yet, well, not yet, almost. My prayer is that, God, that you would lead them, guide them, inspire them by your spirit to follow after you. It's unfortunate that a lot of times our kids move away from home and move away from God. I truly believe that inspiration comes from Jesus Christ. It doesn't come from us, but it comes in us. Verse 20, you, however, you, however, did not know, come to know Christ that way. It's a relationship. It's not just knowledge. There's lots of times that you'll talk to your neighbor and you'll ask your neighbor, do you know about God? Yes, I know God. But it's a relationship. It's not just knowledge. That knowledge and that fellowship is based upon the word of God in our life. And by the way, I become, as I get older, I continue to love God's word more and more and more. Is my lifeline to inspiration? Fathers, husbands, I can't tell you what is, what is most important in your life and what is most important in my life that can make you the man of God that God wants you to be than spending time in his word. Because I spend time in his word, because I desire to have time in his word, I become more and more like God, and I begin to understand God in my life, and I begin to inspire others around me because of God in my life. We were taught to put off the old self, this idea of taking off the old clothes and putting on this new clothes, this new life, this new body. We become different the better I understand God's word. And by the way, the more I take time in his word, the better I know the Son of God. For the whole Bible, matter of fact, is a revelation of God itself. New king, new minds, new hearts, new behavior, and new inspiration. Amen? New minds as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, new minds we have simply not changed our minds. Our minds have not only been changed, but listen to this, we have totally changed our citizenship. I love that. I don't, I don't belong here anymore. This is not my home. This is not my place. There's many times in this culture that we live in that I feel so out of place. You know what I'm talking about. A different citizenship we belong to God's new creation in Christ. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. And therefore, the ideas and the desires of the old creation no longer control our lives. This new life brings inspiration. It was sure good to be with mom. You know, at 97 years of age, mom, I'll always go in the door and I'll say, mom, how are you feeling? And she'll always say, oh, I hurt here and there and here and there. And 
I said, Mom, you're 97. You should hurt. But Mom is not on bed. She's not in their bedroom. She's not in the back. She's not somewhere distant. She's in the middle of everybody. (laughs) At 97 years of age, she's still inspiring us as a family to live, to keep on living. And it reminds me, a matter of fact, of another lady that sat here not that long ago. She was a friend. I knew her for a long time. She finally passed away at 106 years of age. I did her funeral. I asked her one day, I went to see her one day, just to visit with her, see how she was doing. She was 102 at that time, and I knocked on her door. She answered the door, and she stepped out the door, and she had her, her jazzercise suit on. Renee, I'm so sorry. I forgot we had an appointment. I'm headed to jazzercise. 102. I said, no, no problem. No problem. I'll catch you next time. I finally had a chance to sit down with her before she passed. I said, what do you consider the reason you've lived so long? She said, I've just never stopped. She said, circulation. She was a medical doctor, by the way. She said, it's all about circulation. You can't stop. You can't sit. You've got to keep going. And I think her whole passion more than anything else was just to inspire people in living. And for us in Jesus Christ, we are not just called to breathe and live our lives. We are called to live our lives in such a way that we inspire others to Christ. That others would want to know this passion and this love of Jesus Christ in us. Listen, this is the year 2022. Can you believe it? 2022, this is the year that you are going to inspire someone. This is the year maybe that God would call you even today to your next door neighbor that they would would ask you something or ask for help or whatever it may be and you would be the light, you would be the salt, you would bring the hope to inspire them to know Jesus Christ. What is inspiring you? Hopefully it's not those futile things that you have held on to just like I did many times but is the passion of Jesus Christ. And I close with this thought, and you've heard this many, many times. This famous prayer is attributed to St. Francis de Assisi, an Italian Catholic friar. He, he said this, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Please take these words to heart. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. O divine master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console. To be understood as to understand. To be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive. 
It is in pardoning that we are pardoned. And it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. St. Francis de Assisi said that. But in Matthew 5, 14, Jesus Christ said this. And I close with this. You're the light of the world. You, you, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. What are you thinking? Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand. God has placed you in this unique place and time to be on a stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house. It's not about you. You see, you bring light to everyone. 16 says, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Today's the day. I'm looking forward to the moments that God would use my life to be an inspiration to someone. And there's someone that desperately needs your inspiration. Pray with me. Father God, it is only in your spirit, it is only in Christ, Father, that we can inspire others. For Father, we are weak. We are broken. We are struggling. But Father, you have given us gifts and talents and abilities and opportunities, Father, to take this light into all the world and share it with those around us. And there are people all around us, Father, that are struggling, fearful, hiding, searching, hopeless. And we bring light. And we bring the inspiration of Jesus Christ to the world around us. This morning, if you would like to pray with a deacon, if you would like to come and just visit with me and pray with me. If there's someone on your heart and mind, a matter of fact, that you want to inspire, you want to pray about them, take this time to pray with that deacon on the side. But I pray more than anything as we close the service this morning that you'll be ready. That you'll be ready for God to use you as an instrument of his peace and as an inspiration. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We pray these things in your name.